This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Explosions were reported at a military base in Russian-occupied Crimea, damaging a munition depot. Russia blamed an act of sabotage. Ukraine neither accepted nor denied responsibility. Separately, Ukraine claimed to have struck and destroyed a forward base of the Wagner Group, a Russian mercenary outfit in Ukrainian territory. There was more shelling around Zaporozhia, Europe's biggest nuclear plant, now in Russian hands. Ryla Odinga, the former opposition leader who lost Kenya's presidential election, said the results were null and void. Mr. Odinga lost to William Ruto, the country's deputy president, who won with 50.49% of the vote. He is not alone in his challenge of the outcome. Four out of seven election commissioners also refused to endorse the result, calling the final stage of the electoral process opaque. A legal battle now looms. Tencent, China's biggest tech firm, will reportedly sell all or much of its $24 billion stake in Meituan, a food delivery platform, partly in an attempt to mollify the Chinese government. Shares in Meituan dropped by over 10% following the report from Reuters, while Tencent's fell by more than 2%. Since late 2020, Chinese regulators have cracked down on tech giants such as Tencent. The Biden administration announced further cuts to water usage from the Colorado River for Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico, starting next year. Arizona's annual apportionment will shrink the most, by about a fifth. This summer, the water level in Lake Mead, America's largest reservoir, sank to a historic low amid a mega-drought in the southwest. Australia's Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, said his predecessor, Scott Morrison, undermined our democracy by surreptitiously awarding himself authority over several ministries during the pandemic. Mr. Morrison was discovered to have taken the home affairs and treasury portfolios, as well as previously uncovered secret roles as health, finance, and resources minister. Some of his normal ministers were unaware. However, they are, like Mr. Albanese, now incensed. Finland said it will cut the number of visas issued to Russian nationals to 10% of the current volume, beginning September 1st. Many Russian tourists circumvent bans on Russian planes by transiting through Finland towards European holiday spots. Finland said it is also considering creating humanitarian visas for Russians seeking to flee the country. Finland and Estonia have called for an EU-wide visa ban on Russian nationals, a move supported by Ukraine but opposed by Germany. Third point, an activist investor fund by Daniel Loeb disclosed a hefty stake in Disney and urged the firm to consider selling ESPN, its sports broadcaster, to take full control of Hulu, a streaming service in which it has a large investment, and to shake up its board. Disney's costs, among the industry's highest, says Mr. Loeb, must also be slashed. The firm spent heavily fighting in the 
Streaming wars. Fact of the day. 55%. The share of violence reported across Afghanistan that can be attributed to the Taliban. Read the full story. And correction. An earlier version of the world in brief said Ralia Odinga is a former president of Kenya. He is in fact a former prime minister. Sorry. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Tencent cannot escape China's tech lash. Tencent, the world's largest gaming firm, is still in the firing line at home. On Wednesday, the second quarter results of the League of Legends owner will show yet more weakness, the result of Chinese regulators' refusal to grant it new gaming licenses. The refusal was part of the Chinese government's crackdown on tech, which caused an unprecedented slump in video gaming revenues in China in the first half of the year. Tencent's other businesses are struggling, too. A slowing economy and lockdowns are hurting its entertainment conglomerate. Tencent's response has been to slim down in China, having shed a stake in JD.com, an e-commerce giant, it reportedly may sell its $24 billion stake in Meituan, a food delivery firm. To compensate, it intends to expand abroad, perhaps by investing in firms such as Ubisoft, a French video game maker, to add to its array of foreign gaming interests. But Tencent must tread carefully. Western governments are increasingly cautious about Chinese firms making foreign acquisitions. Resuscitating the Iran Nuclear Deal Until recently, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action looked beyond salvage. Now, there is a glimmer of hope for the revival of the nuclear deal signed by Iran and six world powers in 2015 and abandoned by Donald Trump in 2018. Last week, the European Union circulated a final text and demanded Iran reply to it by Monday. To everyone's relief, it did. Mohammad Morandi, an advisor to Iran's negotiating team, sounded upbeat. The remaining issues are not very difficult to resolve, he tweeted. That remains to be seen. Iran wants the International Atomic Energy Agency, a UN watchdog, to shut down its probe into the country's past illicit nuclear activity, despite many unanswered questions. It also wants to be sure that it will feel the benefit of sanctions relief. Western diplomats worry that Iran is eking out talks while continuing to expand its nuclear program. Two weeks ago, Iran began feeding fresh uranium gas into hundreds of new centrifuges. A deal may be in sight, but it is not yet in hand. America's Resilient Housing Market When house prices are rising, homeowners are more likely to spruce up their properties, according to Marvin Ellison, the CEO of Lowe's. So, when the Home Improvement Store reports earnings on Wednesday, it will give a sense of what is happening in the world's largest housing market, America. In recent months, the country's housing boom has ended. The question is whether it will turn to bust. The buying frenzy has certainly slowed. 
Uncertainty among builders is mounting. On Tuesday, data showed that the number of house-building projects started in July was 9.6% lower than in June. Yet there is little sign that a crash is on the way. An analysis by The Economist of 900 metro areas in America finds that prices have fallen in just six since the beginning of the year. And on Tuesday, the earnings of Home Depot, a competitor of Lowe's, beat expectations. The party is less raucous, it seems, but it has not yet ended. How to Invest in Norway's Oil and Gas Revenues Norway has its own Davos, called Arendalsuka. Being Scandinavian, the festival is less about globalization or high finance than about strengthening democracy. But one outfit will present its half-year results at the event on Wednesday, the state-owned Norwegian Oil Fund. With investments in about 9,300 companies around the world, the market value of the fund is around 12.3 trillion Norwegian kroner, $1.26 trillion, making it one of the largest in the world. The report will be an interesting read. After Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, the government instructed the fund to divest its many Russian holdings, as with all investors, it has also had to grapple with inflation and higher interest rates. But it is also riding the wave of higher oil and gas prices. This year, the government expects revenues from those commodities to rise to around 933 billion Norwegian kroner from 288 billion Norwegian kroner in 2021. Attendees at Arendalsuka will have much to discuss. Lithuania celebrates the Karaims. One of Europe's smallest minority populations, the Karaims, are being celebrated in Lithuania this year. On Wednesday, Karolina Sicha, a folk musician, will perform in Trakai, a city in southeast Lithuania that has historically been home to the Karaims. The fact that Miss Sicha is actually Polish will do little to dampen the party. Who are the Karaims? At some point around the 14th century, 1397 according to the Lithuanian parliament, who thought the 625th anniversary was as good a reason as any to celebrate, Vitautas, the Grand Duke of Lithuania, invited them from Crimea to serve as bodyguards and trainers. Some also went to Poland. Today, there are only a few hundred Karaims left in each country. But unlike many minorities, the Karaims have been welcomed in their adopted homes. Launching the year of celebrations in May, Ingrida Simonetta, Lithuania's prime minister, said that the Karaim were a unique treasure who enriched the country's present and future. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday 
Which musician left Buffalo Springfield to join up with David Crosby and Graham Nash? Tuesday. Which Edgar Allan Poe story involves the murder of the unfortunate Fortunato? That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.